This is CliffCentral.com. Hey, welcome to the Futurology Show right here on Cliff Central. We're in the studio together, guys. It's wow. been a while, hey? It has been a while. It's quite cool. Yeah, all three of us in the same place at the same time. You still look the same. I'm quite impressed. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have changed somewhat. That walking from on our new shoes has definitely uh, done you guys well. It has. It has. I, I thought you were about to say I got fatter. No, you're looking great, I, bro. I'm quite impressed. Looking, looking amazing. You noticed. I thought it was wearing strimming. What's it? Strimming? Strimming? Slimming stripes. No, slimming it's, stripes. Not, no it's not. I, I'm, I'm feeling quite squashed when I'm sitting next to you here. <laughs> and that's mm. really So the, the three of us are in the same place, but the place is not the same. No, it's not. So we're at the MediaTek conference uh, in Johannesburg. It's the uh, it's Africa's biennial uh, advanced media and entertainment technology event that happens right here at the Northgate Dome. This is my playground. So welcome, he literally, guys. Literally, he has a boner. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is like tech porn, bro. This <laughs> it's, is, it's worse this than is tech where it's porn. at. This is worse than tech porn for you. I've no. never seen you so excited. I'm like a kid actually. in a candy store, isn't it, Craig? No, no, That's I'm, a bad so analogy. <laughs> I'm so happy for him because he's so happy. <laughs> That's terrible. I get to understand what we're talking about for the first time on this show. Yay! <laughs> Quite so, scary, actually. Yeah, well, we're at MediaTek, and there is so much happening in, in media, as, as we know. I mean, we, we always talk about the future of technology and how technology advances and changes the way things are, but it's not any more truer than in the media space. I mean, we're seeing VR and content really coming to the fore because yeah. of the technology available. So we're going to have a number of guests today. It's going to be a bit of a different show. Mm. We're going to have guests coming in. We've got the guys from Ross Video uh, coming telling us about how cool gaming guys. technology is actually enhancing broadcast. Mm. And uh, we've got the guys from Avid coming, talking to us about how cloud infrastructure is uh, That's my favorite topic. Yeah, really? you, know, yeah. you know something about the cloud. No, no, I'm excited. And now in broadcast, it hasn't, it's not new. It's just we've started calling it cloud. And now everybody's like, oh, yeah, cloud. Why is TV taking such a why are you only picking up on it now yeah. so they're going to talk to us about what what's happening in the, in the world of cloud mm. and then finally we'll wrap the show with action gear we've got Warwick uh, Kearns coming in from he's the MD of action gear just mm. telling us about drones and uh, GoPros that'll be cool, that'll be uh, cool. is that what's flying over your head at the moment exactly yes without no, detecting that, it that's just the buzz of being here at MediaTek <laughs> it's our own little uh, aquarium that we have here in the MediaTek but yeah it's really cool to to be with you guys what no, have you been doing in the break Seriously, where have you guys been? Is anything interesting? Something nice? We've been working. Oh, really? Keeping the pace of industry journey. Well, we had an, a fantastic show last week. We did. Yeah, we did you? really went I didn't up listen there. To it, unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Prince. It was our best show. Was we, it our we best spoke show? about like I was how, how, how rubbish <laughs> consultancies were. Well, I will definitely follow the link to, yeah. to listen to it and check it out on the podcast. And if you haven't listened to it as a listener, then check out the podcast as well. Super controversial, no. super fun. Was right? it really controversial? No, no, it was crazy. Yeah, it, it was. I actually got a lot of feedback on the show and, and the guys really enjoyed it and, yeah. and it, wow. you know it's, it's a big question that a lot of agencies and consultancies are facing in terms of what's the future so it was a very very good show mm -hmm. and I was quite surprised Vince actually had a sense of humor I, I mean yeah. he is a funny guy not just to look at no he's exactly exactly <laughs> That's spot on, but spot on. But. Talking so, about funny looking guys, where I'm from, it's a very different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. But listen, yes, uh, Brett, yes, you, you've spent a bit of time walking around here. Yes. How, have you seen stuff Talking that, to everybody. Yeah, have you just seen stuff here that's just been mind blowing? T tell us about your experience so, of just walking around here. So, MediaTek being uh, every two years, it's, it definitely becomes that thing that you, you look forward to in, in Johannesburg. It's, I, I, it's, I must say so, because when we walked in, the queue outside. Yes. It, it was wow. 10 miles it was massive. deep. It was yeah. huge. It was I mean, really huge. And when you're inside, it's, you can see it's worth the wait when the yeah. guys get in here. I mean, yeah. they're, 
if, if something has the ability to light up, if something has the ability to move or do something mm. amazing or connect, it's 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 happening here. This is definitely the place to be. Serious vibe. I really, oh, it, it yeah. like a rock star show going on here. Yeah. So from from my perspective, I mean, I've been to about four, five, six, six media techs. Mm. I think it's been going for quite a while, but I've been to about six of these things since before the digital revolution at SABC uh, and there before the World Cup and they were all mm. in 2008. They were all they were all saying. Was it even 2008? No, it was even soon before that. Mm. They were saying by 2010, we're going How to have all of this. I look better than I am, actually. <laughs> But um, no, I mean they've been they've been doing this for a while. And it's really great to see how the show has progressed and actually gotten better and grown in popularity uh, over the years, which is testament to the guys that are organising it. Um, we were hoping to have Simon Robinson, the the organiser, come join us just to tell us a bit more about the show. But it is a big show, as you can see, a lot to mm. organise. So he's he's running around looking after. Why is he waiting at us outside the window? Oh, there. is that in there? Oh no. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, everything from virtual reality spaces. I mean, there's guys playing Fruit Ninja in the corner. Uh, there's, uh, I think Gareth was trying the his time, hand at... The time-lapse stuff looks awesome. Uh, yeah, the right? time yeah. slice. That's it. The time, oh, slice. time slice. And we're going to try and do that afterwards. We'll post that as, as a follow-up for our picture Very on the cool. show. But there's, there's time slices. There's AR. There's VR. There's, a, there's a, a huge amount of tech going into things like virtual studios, which we're going to get the guys from Ross to talk to us about. Mm. Um, yeah. All, all driven by gaming technology. And we spoke to Sam uh, the other day at... Uh, Icon uh, about how gaming technology is driving a lot of this stuff and super cool lady huh? yeah sure. oh fantastic and that's a great show I mean if you missed the, the show yeah. at Icon I think that was a really really great show also slightly controversial with some of the crowd questions we had but it was super geeked them as well oh, right? yeah. no, I mean, we really cool delved into the kind of the, the, the culture of, of gaming and it goes beyond gaming it's also board gaming right and that was fantastic anyway exactly we, we're losing track as usual uh, I, 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 we meander quite a queue of people shall we start getting these guys we in? should probably get them in yeah let's see if the guys from Ross are available and uh, we'll get Simon Hawkins in here and yes. uh, I, I can tell you all about what it is but the first time I met Simon was in uh, last year at IBC so IBC is the international broadcast conference that happens in Amsterdam uh, every year it happens and uh, it's 55,000 delegates go to that event, and it's great to see a version of that happening here in Johannesburg, where we've got re local business and global partners coming together and collaborating to say, let's make the TV industry and the broadcast industry and media industry and the entertainment side of it mm. just so much better. And we really aren't third world uh, victims in, uh, in this, in this uh, country that we're in, because we've got these partners, and the guys are striving to make innovation really happened for us yet, which is it, it really know, feels like great. Brett's getting back into the swing of philosophy again yeah. Yeah. I right. just really keep talking like and I don't <laughs> ask questions where am I going with myself <laughs> well, well, well I just look at his t-shirt and, and oh, yes, it, very it cool. says it all draft Vader nice <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a draft tap yet no it's a bit mm. weird having it we've done a couple of uh, some amazing pre-records with some guests over time and we get to share some beers with the guys mm. and, you know, we've just got some really awesome coffee but, but, but we've got good. someone sitting in the studio so yeah Simon Hawkins from Ross Video has joined us Thank you so much, you, for, Yeah. You, you know how microphones work, yeah? Yeah. I'm yeah. just wondering how close I need to get to this thing, because we're in this little box. Well, well, I'm imagining this is not the best environment for you guys. No, so this is cool, man. This is really cool, but I'm worried about you, Simon, yeah, because I, you're worried about how close you're getting to the, the mic there. But you've got three name tags on there. Who are you, actually? Well, I'm really Simon Hawkins, but some of my, well, one of my friends here got me a pass that says Simon Horkinos. So that's my oh. Greek cousin. Oh, right. So I'm yeah. sort of masquerading. Simon Hockinos from Rossi Video. <laughs> just, just hold them up so I can take a there picture and I'll share it. It's just, just so you can really identify as that Emir. Uh, yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Simon, the first time uh, we met was uh, a while back. I think it was probably at uh, yeah. Amsterdam we met. IBC, and I think, yeah. Yeah, IBC, we're, we're glad to have you in Johannesburg. Yeah, cheers, man. It's really cool. And it's cold. 
It is cold. Yeah. You didn't yeah. expect that, did no, you? No, surprise. Go to Africa at 9 degrees. Yeah, I know. England's like actually warm, so I came here and I've got like shorts and stuff. No, I'm not going to get used to Oh, you're going to have to come back in the summer. It's <laughs> yeah, actually it's, it's a lot better. But uh, yeah, Simon, you're from uh, Ross Video. Yeah. Um, a, cu- a couple of episodes ago, we were talking to the guys from uh, gaming in the gaming world. Okay, and talking yeah, about cool. how gaming technology has really started to advance and GPUs are really yeah, starting yeah, to help yeah, with yeah. real time graphics. And Ross Video have really adopted a lot of that in their virtual spaces. And yeah, absolutely. Virtual. I think part of the reason for that is that the guy uh, that develops our graphics platform is yes. this Dutch guy called Bas, and he is. He's an absolute genius, right? Yeah. But this guy saw the power of GPUs early yeah. on and started putting them into broadcast equipment. So he was like, I can see how much these games are doing, like how many polygons they're putting on the screen. Why can't we use that same technology yeah. and bring broadcast graphics right up to the front? So he did that, and now we're using top-of-the-line NVIDIA GPUs in yeah. our graphics engine. Oh, awesome. Which is very cool. Yeah. So they can render tons of tons of right? It's not too bad, you know, because it's, it's still off-the-shelf hardware. So we're using, like, GTX 1080s and stuff. So yeah. they're not crazy expensive compared That's to proprietary so cool. broadcast hardware. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. But the other knock-on effect is that you just kind of then start to get yourself into the gaming world yeah. and all the other stuff that's connected to that. And part of that relationship uh, we built was with a company called uh, The Future Group. Yeah, yeah. So these guys are based in Norway, and they saw the opportunity to take like a traditional virtual set and then make something really new entertainment-wise. Because virtual sets have been around in the industry for ages, but typically for like a cost-saving yeah. thing. So you can have virtual sets that can be reskinned. And, and it was a dead giveaway channels. when you could see it. It was like, you oh, can that's tell, a green right? screen. Yeah. yeah. So I think the industry now is looking for the next level. Yeah. And the next level is going to be like a combination of virtual studios and interactivity. So the Future Group does this show called Lost in Time, where they build a semi-practical set. So there's like physical objects in the set and props and stuff. So they have like a cannon that you can fire and like bits of wood that you can walk across, but it's all in a green box. Yeah. And they're using our, our robotic cameras to track the position in this virtual world. That, that sounds cool. It's, it's so it's, cool. It's a bit like Brett uh, Sinclair's brain. What <laughs> 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 squirrels? Squirrels going on there. Just a place. crazy virtual world. Yeah. 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 No, no, just no, a big blank space, space until there. something interesting gets built. <laughs> Green space. You know what I mean? It's so cool though because you have these the contestants. They interact with objects in the studio, but then that triggers like an event in the virtual space. So he goes up to this big physical cannon, yeah. pushes the button, and then it fires in the, the cannon virtual space. In the virtual space. And oh, the other thing is, they're doing yeah. this live, so they're not doing it pre-recorded. They're doing it live, and then yeah. they're getting the public to tweet in and like actually impact the environment that the player's playing in. That's wild. It's super cool. But now, we're talking about virtual spaces, yeah. With and you said robotic cameras, yes. but we're at MediaTek. Now, people, not everybody knows this wonderful world of media and broadcast. Yeah. So maybe just tell us, how, where does Ross come from? Where are you going? So uh, Ross is one of the few privately owned companies in the broadcast industry, and it's a family company. It was yeah. started by a guy called John Ross back in the 70s, and uh, it's currently run by David Ross. Yes. And it's wholly cool. owned by David Ross and the staff, which is really cool. So I'm a part yeah. owner, which is brilliant. brilliant. Sit in the AGM. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're esteemed just fine. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's like 0.0001%, but it's not <laughs> And it means that it means that we're able to do some stuff that some of the other big, you know, venture-backed companies or publicly held companies can't do. A so, little bit more agile. Yeah, okay. and David Ross has been really good about purchasing lots of different companies over the years, and his big thing is continual growth. So we've had like 25 years of continual growth every year, that's which is general. amazing in this industry. Yeah. Especially if you're a shareholder, that's very crazy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should have bought them 25 years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and part of the part of the stuff that he's done is he realized that there was not that much cool stuff going on with virtual studios 
in the, in the TV world. So he's bought a bunch of different companies that, in the end, have given Ross a complete end-to-end virtual studio solution. So that's stuff like robotic cameras, it's stuff like graphics, stuff like tracking systems, and all these little bits and bobs that go together to make virtual studio. And so now people are coming to us, and they see like the demos that we do, and they're like, oh, can we can we just have that? Please come. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Just um, ship it down. And that's really cool, because in the past, it was a real pain. You had to go to like 10 different manufacturers. They yeah. all argued with each other about why stuff didn't work and all that kind yeah. of thing. So what we're saying is, come to us. We can do a like turnkey studio, like virtual studio in a box kind of thing, which yeah. is really cool. And that's one side for the TV, but then on the other side, we're doing all this stuff with uh, with virtual gaming and with esports as well, yeah. which is another side. Yeah. And all these same technologies wrap into all those different applications, which is really cool. It is cool. I mean, Ross boasts the widest range of products and services in the broadcast space as well. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's lots of companies that are buying all kinds of different things, but Ross is really, really focused on production. Because you can't say end to end unless you can actually do. End yeah, to end. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. So we have we have cameras now, so everything from the back of the lens. Pretty much. Like yeah. After the back yeah. of the lens, we can do most of that stuff for you. That's fantastic. Which is really, really cool, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know a lot of this stuff, so I'm probably going to just go like, oh, yeah, virtual <laughs> sets, that's great, tracking systems, amazing. Do you guys have any questions around virtual sets? I, I, I thought you said virtual sex. So, <laughs> you know, you got three I suppose you probably touched that industry once or twice. But, uh, as, a, as I was saying, Brett's mind in a virtual world. So, yeah. Brett Sinclair's microphone's off now. My card? <laughs> well, well, I suddenly saw all the really cute girls outside of the pot here just running So, away. really, it's Simon, it's just you and me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Easily distracted over there. <laughs> no. Well, we got the squirrel rocker in the corner. Uh, but but the, the great thing, again, is that you can. You keep innovating. As, as a company, Ross continually innovates. So, yes, you've got virtual sets and you've got uh, mo- uh, video switching. Uh, yeah. We've hardware. got all that traditional hardware stuff, but the things that are really interesting now are the different applications. So, yes. like Mark and myself, Mark's standing next to me just looking over. Mark Cook, hey, how you doing? There good, he is. good. Mark, hello. <laughs> he's, he's been really uh, helping push esports stuff. Yeah. And for me as a gamer, it was really cool to be able to get into stuff like within my job that I'm, that I'm doing at home as well, so it's very cool. Yeah. So we've been working with some companies in the UK and Germany um, to put together like real TV productions for esports. Yeah. So now what we're going to start seeing on the telly is sure. going to be like proper sports-style productions. Wow. Uh, okay. I suppose your camera angles are phenomenal, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy, right? Because you have in esports, you have this whole virtual mm. world inside the game, mm. which these guys can have free-roaming cameras and zoom around and watch the game like they're in there watching yeah. the sport and then you have these stadiums full of crazy fans screaming and shouting and millions of cameras because there's so many people involved like the, the opportunity for creating really cool looking productions is, is fantastic so I mean I, I, I'm always fascinated with the intersection of hardware and software Yeah, and it, it really feels like you're although you're providing hardware most of this is a software-driven world, right? Absolutely. And these guys have come up with some amazing like, ways around not using broadcast equipment in the past. So they're super clever guys that have used IT technology to yeah. basically put together a TV production. But then we've been able to walk in and go, hey, you know like that thing that takes you like five PCs and is really painful? You can just press one button. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So we're amazing. introducing them to broadcast stuff, which is basic for us, but for them is like a revelation because all of a sudden they can focus on making cool content rather than like fighting with the systems that they're using. Very it's pretty cool, cool yeah. Now, so, yeah, yeah so I, was, I, was, I was just going to say, I mean, you're doing some pretty interesting and cool stuff now. What really excites you about what's coming down the road, though? Mm. So I think this interactive gaming stuff from a, from a content point of view is going to be really cool. 
the, the, the stuff these guys are doing is just kicking off now, but they will syndicate this across all kinds of different stations, all kinds of okay. different platforms. So I think interactive TV is going to be is going to be really, really cool. And I think also... And not, not video on demand, interactive. Yeah, interactive. I was just so going to say, live, explain that a bit. Yeah, yeah. so yes. live interactive television. So one of the things that is really important um, for TV content providers is to provide live content. It's the best way to get advertising revenue to get eyeballs on yeah, the screen. For sure. Because people can watch like recorded content pretty much anywhere. The drive for them to log on at 9pm and actually watch that show is not there. They no, can miss not. it, they can watch it any other time. So the only way to drive eyeballs onto the screen is by having live content that happens live then and there. You kind of like a sports event? or, or Yeah, something exactly. More? So treating all these things like a sports event. Okay. So things like The Voice and X Factor and that kind yeah. of thing, they exist because TV companies needed to drive eyeballs to the screen. Yeah. And they needed live content that was compelling to lots of different people. Because sport is often compelling to quite a small, well, not a small yeah, demographic, a niche, but, yeah. a, but a certain group of people, right? So I think it's really cool that now there's all these other types of content, and that includes, like, you know, um, any kind of uh, reality type TV show, any contest or anything yeah. like that, where there's live stuff happening that people feel well, I need to see it, yeah. and I need to see it live. And that same thing can happen now with game shows, which previously were usually recorded. Yeah. But now with this idea that, the, that you can be watching a game show that's happening in this virtual space but looks real to you on the television, or maybe fantastical. You with know, real people looks, in the game. Actually, with yeah. real people in the game, okay. yeah. No, but sorry. maybe in like really fantastical environments. But then you can send tweets in and like build up a poll or something. Should the guy take this route or take this route? And then the poll comes in, wow. the answer comes in straight away, and they go the way that the, the power of television. I, I have a it's question. Very cool. Throwing it forward and thinking about the interactive broadcast mechanism, mm. just because we're broadcasting onto a TV screen at the moment, um, cool, but what about the concept of broadcasting it into a virtual rea uh, reality environment yeah. that you're actually playing in, yet you've created this live environment. Well, I think yeah. this is a great time to talk about Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Street this is Fighter. Street Fighter. Yeah, no so ways. this is the next step is that not only could, you know, the, the technology could take us into a place where not only are you just watching it on a flat screen, but you're watching like VR, like you're in the space as well, which is going to add that whole extra layer to it. And we're doing some stuff with, with eSports where uh, they had a Street Fighter tournament and we were actually like injecting these 3D renders of the Street Fighter characters into the studio space where everybody else is. So people are like interacting with these giant Street Fighter models. It's so cool. Yeah. We'll wow. tweet that out shortly. Yeah, you've got the link to that. Really cool. that yeah. And like this, this type of technology, I think, can really can really go a long way. And the next step, as you say, is bringing the audience closer to that action as well. That is tremendous. Very cool. And I mean, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense that gaming should get us to a point where broadcasting start to be enhanced, but gaming just stops all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think that interactivity that gaming has always provided, plus the technology that it's using to provide it, is something that's going to really impact a lot of the future. I mean, for years we've always looked down at like kids playing games and gamers, and be like. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. But look at the impact that it's having, the technology that it's driving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at some of the, the leagues like companies like ESL are doing now. Yeah. There's so much interest in those. They can get huge crowds to these events, and they want to ramp up the look and feel so that it's appealing to a much wider group. Yeah, of course. And they're going to be able to do that with some of the tech that we're working on. And we, I mean, we've spoken about MediaTek and some pretty high-level stuff with broadcast and all that stuff as well, but... You guys don't just deal only with broadcasters. I mean, the nice thing about the the type the technology is making things more accessible to the likes of houses of worship and to yeah, schools absolutely. and all that kind of stuff. So, tell us about who else who else ha do you guys focus on, and also where would we have seen some of the Ross video stuff being used? Because it's probably so seamless you don't even know that it's yeah. Good question. So, 
we're working. Yeah, churches is a really big one for us in the US. Yep, and that's something that we're looking at now in Africa. Churches in the market. Yeah, yeah churches. So yeah. these guys are doing full-on TV-style productions, you know, as wow. well as in-church productions where they have big screens and they're sharing content on. Uh, so religion's truly a business now. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 big business. Has it not always been like? <laughs> it has. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard said, "You, you, you want to get rich, start a religion." <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The other thing is corporate, another place to get rich, yeah. and these guys are starting to want to do like it's it's kind of like just really super high-end teleconferencing mm. um, but oftentimes it's not just speaking between different departments but yeah. it's like interacting um, with their with their staff so if, like some of these big companies like Fidelity um, they're able to create shows that will tell their staff about what's going on you know and how the market is going at the moment what they're doing to actually we do that at the yeah. bank we use multi-choices uh, broadcast channels yeah there you go and uh, every time our CEO speaks we actually broadcast it across every single branch yeah on multi-choice uh, multi-choices broadcast yeah. channels. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's there. Right? It's there. That infrastructure exists. Yeah, yeah. And right. everybody wants to wants to get involved and they want to bring the quality. Up. The yeah. other place where you see a lot of raw stuff, which is really cool, is big live events. Yeah. So things like the yeah. Oscars and the and the Emmys, yeah. and the Grammys, like we do pretty much all the graphics for those in the US for those events yeah so oh, cool. every time you see like all these crazy graphics going on to those events that's usually driven by Ross Expression which is awesome. our CG awesome Good so stuff. we're watching all the all the fruits of the Ross uh, yeah absolutely into end solution that's fantastic yeah. well thank you so much for joining us today uh, we're having a bit of a revolving door session today so uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. where we get kicked out as, yeah as soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you do, but yeah thank you so much for your time cheers, signing up for us and we'll chat soon cheers Bye. I, I now understand why you get so excited I mean Brent, this is amazing all the stuff. Well, you guys talk about stuff that I've been dealing with for like the last sort of wow. things, and we've got our, our, our nose right to the plate of, of the fruits of a lot of this tech change. Yeah. And um, two is, uh, as I said, as, as one guest leaves, another guest arrives, and uh, we'll let him settle down for a bit. But we're going to go from graphics and how graphics are changing through gaming yeah. technology and broadcast spaces, and then some of the places we've seen, to the next innovation in, in broadcast, which is cloud. Mm. Now, we've got a representative uh, with us from, from AVID, uh, EMEA, uh, Thomas Lebreton. Oui. Oui. Well, well done. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's French, so... Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you translate it, it, it means the British, so... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or the Brit is on, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll take that if it works as well. Uh, <laughs> was, was that a bad joke? It was, no, 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 that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, I, I've, I've, I've uh, met Thomas in, in IBC in Amsterdam as well. It's a, just a bigger version of, of MediaTek, but uh, there's some great stuff happening at MediaTek. Are you impressed with MediaTek? Uh, yes. Visit this yes, time yes, 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 yes. Uh, 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 it's the second time uh, we were there in 2015 also. And, uh, okay. It's quite impressive. It's, it's quite a change from two years ago. It's, yes, yes, yes. It's uh, a lot more together, a lot more people. Well, yeah. what, what are the big changes? You mean in technology or just in terms of quality? I think both. I think uh, well, technology has had a huge change. I, I think uh, you see much more virtual studio, uh, the lights, uh, a lot of uh, drones, uh, yeah. cameras, a lot okay. 4K, uh, a lot of things are changing. Yeah, yeah a lot of what's uh, driven uh, our guest choice today. So we've got yes. Ross Video doing the virtual reality in the augmented space using gaming graphics. We've got so lighting technologies changed because of LED becoming mm, it's huge advancements in technology there. So lighting has become brighter and smaller and cheaper. Mm -hmm. So we're getting good things from there. But then the use of cloud. And right, I think that's yeah. where I want to get to. Now, a lot of people might not know about Avid, but some, a great excerpt from your website, uh, Avid, is that Avid goes and says that they're uh, 
we're born storytellers. And I think that's true whether you're an avidian or you're a human. Yes, yes, we're yes. born storytellers. And I just want to read an excerpt from your website. Story has always been about people together. Stories engage us, they inform us, they enlighten us. As long as there are people, there will be stories. And I think we agree with that. Beautiful. Yes. Love that. Uh, and as long as there are ideas to share, there will be storytellers. So Avid helps creators to tell their stories by providing the tools needed to create, manage, store, distribute, and monetize their content. So okay. these are the tools, the, the NLEs, the nonlinear editing platforms, and, and all of the, the bits that help you craft your, your product. So you don't just shoot it in a camera and then put it to, to YouTube. You need to craft it using some sort of editing software or graphics packs and stuff. So Avid have provided that to the, to the industry and to, to prosumers and consumers yeah. alike. And uh, they've gone one step further with re- releasing Avid Cloud, and you guys are in the cloud yes. now? Yes, yes. Uh, so... Uh, Uh, like you say, I think uh, we come from the, the creation uh, uh, side. Um, the idea was uh, like, like uh, for the Oscar, 100% of the movies uh, in the Oscar yes. are created on Media Composer or Pro Tools, yeah. our two uh, main uh, editors. And now we want also to uh, make this available to uh, everyone. So yes. there is two free versions, oh, but cool. also into the cloud. Uh, so uh, the cloud meaning uh, more collaborations, uh, more availability. Okay. Uh, so uh, we 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 came with uh, the, we we realized that the market is uh, really uh, growing fast. Yes. You have more device, uh, more uh, uh, content creators. Uh, like uh, like we discussed earlier, there is uh, many more. Enfin, everyone can create, uh, and uh, now you you need you need more space also for for the content to be stored exactly. and uh, available and uh, well, distribute. Processing power just yeah, to be yeah. able to compose it. So I mean, so massive. Yeah, right. so from that we, we try to, to uh, uh, make our, our workflow and our solution more available to everyone and also more flexible depending on the workflow because uh, we know that not everyone is using only Avid, uh, so we are trying to open our platform for, yeah. also for that to, to be available on the cloud but also on-premises. Um, hybrid, you can have both. Also. Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the big things about MediaTek is that it's it's a, it's an amazing thing for the eyeballs to come here and just take a look at all the lights and all the cameras and all the things that happen. But there's a, it's it's the iceberg mentality. I mean, this the the bit that you yeah. see when it gets to the fruits of it, the content produced. It's very cold. Yeah, it's very cold. <laughs> Thanks. Depends. I mean, it's quite warm in the studio. Yeah. Um, but. You look at the iceberg, you only get to see the stuff that you, as a, as a content consumer, you're only seeing the bits that have been created. Behind the scenes, we've got all of these things that are, that are playing, uh, playing a part. And Avid are with Pro Tools. I mean, if you're, if you're a music producer, Pro Tools is one of the preeminent uh, softwares used in creating the albums that we listen to, whether it's iMusic or uh, Snap, Snapify or Spotify or any of those things. Slapify. Slapify. <laughs> we can use whatever file you want. On your hi-fi. Um, but there's a lot of this stuff happening. And I think the, the important thing is to try and highlight where you guys exist with, with how you're engaging with consumers now. Because there's been a huge amount of professional use of Avid. So your, your music producers and your, your broadcasters, your television studios. But with the dawn of you know, the, you, the ubiquitous mobile phone, everybody is now a content creator. And yeah. this is what, I mean, Brent, you and I have found mm. ourselves on stages Uh, at different times talking about how we're all producers of content. This is now about crafting that content. And our next guest as well is Warwick Kearns, who's going to be talking about uh, drones and GoPros and how they're getting us to new places. But Avid is doing an important job in not only dealing now with professional TV broadcasters and stuff, but actually getting down to the consumer level and allowing consumers, the guys with the iPhones, the guys with the GoPros, and saying, have this. It's what what the professionals are using. Have it. Yes, uh, so... uh, 
as you as we could see at the NAB, for example, uh, the, the the size of the booths of uh, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, we are becoming really huge, and you can see that the broadcast industry is really one of their main target nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, a uh, few few months ago, one year ago, in fact, we we, we started to collaborate with uh, our main customer that uh, were interested to to go to the cloud. So uh, we select eight of them, and uh, we started a, a proof of concept with them, and this is what we presented during the NAB. With the clouds, we put all our solution into the clouds, uh, so for them to be to see that and, and to test them, so it's available, it's something working. Mm -hmm. and, and how has that actually gone for you as a business? Has it made quite a substantial change to how the business model works? Cost. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. uh, uh, we, we we just announced a partnership with uh, Microsoft Azure during the, the NAB. Okay. Uh, so we we are still mo uh, working the model, but also uh, you know. We, uh, we, we need uh, we need the, the clouds here in South yeah. Africa to be able to to, to start to, to move into a commercial uh, mode. Sure. But uh, in Europe, in the US, you have already this, and uh, we expect by the end of the year or next year to to be able to propose this also in uh, in this region. Fantastic! Oh, that's really cool. And uh, I'm sorry if you're hearing the noise. Uh, it's, it's a noisy place. It's a noisy, <laughs> bright lights. Uh, it's, it's a pretty think, cool I thing think to do. just lined up the on-stage music for Mike. So, Mike, oh, uh, yeah. shirt off, <laughs> stage on. <laughs> Give me my clothes on today, guys. I've got a body for podcasting. <laughs> now, so just some interesting things around Avid and the, the company. I mean, you guys have got – Avid's got over 200 patents. That's the couple sure. that, they, that they own in terms of – that's how they've been innovating in their technology spaces. They've got two Oscars, is that right? It's yes, still yes, two yes, Oscars, yes, you haven't won any more in the meantime? Just for our product, because like I said, uh, for 100% for, uh, of the movie produce, yes. uh, which are selected and which are uh, nominated as an Oscar, winners are uh, made on uh, Media Composer or tools. Okay, and uh, you've won 14 Emmys. So we had Ross video in here earlier, and they were talking about how they, they actually helped produce those shows, the Emmys and the Oscar shows, with their, with their live graphics. But the fruits of those awards are actually because of the production coming out of Avid Software. So, wow. I mean, we've got some big hitters here. It's just just because it's in Joburg doesn't mean it's a small show. We've got the, yeah. the the highlights of all the global partners all in one place, which is why MediaTek really is the great place to be, which is why we're proud to be part media partners here as well. But I mean, these are the guys that we get to rubberneck with, and it's great to, to say, hey, we're actually socialising with the guys at Avid, seeing the, the the front lines of new innovation, new technology, new collaboration, and um, I think it's it's incredible. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for your time. No, uh, thank you so much. Nice to meet you. And uh, as one door opens, the next door closes. Okay. And Thomas Libertin from Avid, we'll catch up in Amsterdam. And thank we'll, you. We'll yes, chat yes, too. yes. Excellent. <laughs> Keep well. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, guys. So, so guys. Um, for everyone who's just joined us, yes. um, please remember to follow us on at Futurology Show. Um, and when you go to the podcast, iTunes, please give us a five-star rating if you love the show. And, and, and share. We, we're tweeting at the moment. We're tweeting a lot about what's happening at the yeah. show, our guests. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. You know what? The best part about you know this whole show for me is how happy Brett is. I, I quite agree. He, he's like a kid in a candy <laughs> store. Really this is. is a candy store. It is proper fun. Yeah. But I mean, this is, like, I grew up in this industry, and I think that's one of the fun things, is like, growing up in uh, SD and seeing that change from SD, standard definition, to high definition cameras. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what a great thing. I mean, I grew up with my dad doing radio productions. I, I know what it's like to splice tape. Mm. I mean, today's... What, what is tape? What is tape? What is is tape? that thing that you have to wind up with a pencil every now and again? If you <laughs>
But uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. The, the, the dawn of technology has just—it's—it's uh, it's gotten better and it's—it's it's exponentially improving over time. And it's really great to see that these global partners are actually adopting the change in the world yeah. to provide better services and technology. Uh, absolutely. So, so tell me, of all the stuff that you've seen today, Brett, what is the thing that's really just actually blown your mind the most? I mean, what's the coolest, most wow factor? I think the cool things are just the fact that the, te- the technology we've, saw, we've seen in gaming yeah. and the, the virtual spaces that we kind of have been high-level hypothetically talking about are actually being adopted today. Like, there's yes. real mediums that people can start to, to use today. I mean, VR is such a great medium that even the Emmys are uh, giving them awareness uh, this year. So there are six VR c- content pieces that are being nominated for Emmys. Yeah. That's impressive. And uh, that is really cool. That, all that's going to do is it might be the, the beginning of this thing. I mean, VR is still very, very, very new. Um, but to be recognized by the Emmys as, a, as, as a legitimate content for, for an experience. And I think that's what, what's really starting to happen is that immersion into content is becoming really important. Yeah. It's about not just this one-way communication of, of broadcast where we used to just sit and couch potato. I'm actually involved in the content I'm watching now. And I think that's what gets me really excited. Because Fantastic. Coming from a digital space. Is that not the whole trend of digital, right? That's yeah. Is that we, we're linking these two worlds, online yeah. and offline, are becoming one. And it, it's, it's more prevalent here than in most spaces. I've For spent sure. a lot of time with um, Schneider. Yeah. And they do IoT sensors and yeah. electrics and all that kind of stuff, which is very much behind the scenes about simplifying. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this show is going... Another step forward is saying, well, let's simplify and hide it, but then blow your mind away like you've never been blown away before in your sure. life. Mike, and I'm talking about your wife here. He wasn't really listening, so no, I thought I'd take this opportunity. I was listening, and I'll tell you what I was actually thinking about. You know, you know, you, you speak about Moore's Law and, you know, Ray, Ray Kersner's, you know, this, this, mm. this, this, mm. this pace of change, and it's happening at warp speed. And I think probably the most exciting thing then is, is the fact that this isn't about companies. It's about individuals creating content that they can actually make and, and change their world. So, yeah. you know, whether it's for, a, for their business, whether it's for them just hacking on YouTube or whatever it is, but your ability to become your own producer uh, and, and, and build a fan base of, of stuff that is just actually in your world and, and your a thousand true fans world is absolutely mind-blowing and really cool it's just yeah. you know it's becoming easier and easier you know l- listening to thomas around the, the capacity of the tools he's got i'm kind of like but i'm still just on on, on an iphone taking a, a film and then loading it straight into yeah, youtube and pictures. it's good enough yeah no but that's the thing i mean a couple of years back i mean five years ago six years ago i was firmly entrenched in the tv industry the actual nuts and bolts and production of tv industry and with the dawn of YouTube and showing us how media can be shared, um, we've, got, we've got people actually starting to be content producers. But not only that, yes. they're being empowered to not only be a content producer, but also to be their own broadcaster. I mean, yeah. it's all I, in one now. Yeah, I right. can have my own channel on YouTube and have more viewers than the local national broadcaster. So you can. Cliff Central yeah. is a beautiful example. So uh, look at Gareth. He literally has a massive audience of yeah. his own. Yes. He's able to produce his own content, and he's able to broadcast all his own content. On his terms. Because of infrastructure on his terms, right? brought about by technology. Right? We've yeah. been able yeah. to scale it. We, this is leveling the playing field exactly like the internet did for media. It's doing it from a broadcasting point of view. Now. Yeah. 
I mean, that's phenomenal. Exactly. It is phenomenal. And uh, so our next guest is going to be uh, Warwick Kearns uh, from Action Gear. Now, if you haven't heard about Action Gear, it's an online, uh, totally online store that sells all the greatest tech. So actiongear.co.za. Uh, it's it's at South Africa's leading e-commerce retailer in outdoor high-tech sporting gear. So if yeah. you've ever watched Red Bull TV or you've ever watched all these great things where they put cameras into amazing places uh, to get amazing videos and all that stuff. I mean, you've seen GoPros. You've seen the drones. There's tons of drones flying around at Media Tech. No, I've, I've just seen those psychopaths flying down a mountain on a mountain bike. With a GoPro or a replay camera no, stuck to their head. And, and, uh, and, and then you watch the wipeouts and you see how serious it actually is. Well, now is. you can be part of the wipeout. How cool is that? No, 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 no. What, you strap yourself into the device well, and rolls you around? Eventually, eventually <laughs> that's coming. Just in case you felt left out of the scripts and bruises. Uh, but yes, we have uh, Warwick Kearns from Action Gear. Thanks for joining us, Warwick. Thanks, Fred. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So, uh, again, we've, uh, I, I'm, I love this industry. I've been a part of this industry for a while, and uh, we've had the privilege of, of working with Action Gear uh, a couple of times in the past. Um, but thanks for joining us. We've had Ross video on, on the show so far talking about uh, gaming technology in broadcast spaces. We've had yeah. Avid technologies coming through about crafting and content creation in the cloud. Um, and you've joined us because it starts with a camera. Yeah. yeah, somebody's got to create their content in the first place. <laughs> exactly. And the nice so it thing starts with a person, not the cameraman. Come on. Well, Come you can blink person. a lot of times. It doesn't get the content anywhere. Yeah. So if you've got a camera and the person to control it, <laughs> it, it, does, it does help. Just like guns don't really kill people. <laughs> yeah. You know, you kind of need the two to, to work. But I've, I've actually really missed dragging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're having a bit of a nostalgia here because yeah, we were yeah. in the studio for the first time in, in a while. But... Um, the dawn of the drone and the dawn of the GoPro, getting smaller cameras into smaller places, yeah. have allowed a new type of content <laughs> to be created. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know where your mind's going. <laughs> but we're thinking only you, Brett, would have something smaller going into smaller places. <laughs> but yes, you, don't have to, you don't have to reply to every comment on the show, Warwick. But thanks. Back on point. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I thought we were on point. Squirrel minds, yeah. <laughs> The, um, yeah, so the GoPros and the drones and stuff, you know, it just makes content creation so much easier these days. Yes. Um, you know, you, you can do most of it with your phone, but when you're on a mountain bike or jumping out of a plane, that's not going to cut it. So having a more extreme camera is definitely the way to go. Yeah. And making content is actually so easy with these yeah. ones. Um, not only is it quick and easy to use, like the GoPro, they've now advanced it so much that uh, from the time you pull it out your pocket to just tapping one button, it's already on and filming. And it just makes it um, so much quicker to get the shot. So you never miss the shot, you know? You don't yeah, have to think like, the, the, the Hero 5, right? I mean, that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, so the Hero 5 from GoPro, you know, you just, it's got the quick, uh, quick capture button. Yeah. So you just touch it once and it's really recording. And then touching it again puts it to sleep so you can put it back in your pocket. But that's just one of the features that just makes capturing content so easy. Um, and then, of course, you can strap it on a, uh, the GoPro. I've got their Karma drone. Um, otherwise, the DJI yeah, dr range of drones, mm. the Phantom, the Mavic, now the new Spark that's come out. It's just so easy. Yeah. And with, uh, with all these devices, you know, I don't know, not many people know that you can actually just tap a button and uh, stream live to YouTube yeah, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Are, are, are those those drones that you literally, you're skiing down a hill and it's like and it's following, following you. you, it's like connected to a point on your well, you body. Tell it, keep it at this angle. Keep yeah, me in the and, frame. And, yeah. and it follows you down the, the hill. Yeah, so there, there's lots of uh, what they call smart features, uh, smart flying modes. Um, so yeah. one of them is you can you can just say follow me and it actually follows your phone or the controller. Yes. Um, or you can, uh, if you're filming somebody else on the screen, you can touch that person on wow. the screen and it will make a block around them and then you say go. And wherever ah, that person goes, the drone just chases him down the hill or up and over the mountain. Not very good for paranoid people. Yeah, probably. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm being followed all the time. my going... Mm. 
Mm, that's nice to follow. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and follow me, follow yeah. Fantastic. In fact, I do have a funny story about drones and fishing. You know, these guys use drones to take their, their lines right out to, out to sea from the seashore. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yes. Except that I didn't know how to use this drone. It was like a 20 grand drone. <laughs> it didn't come back. <laughs> Just kept flying. Yeah. They, you must so, have some great stories about that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've had guys where they buy the drone today and they phone us tomorrow saying something happened. And uh, more often than not, it's just they didn't read the, the manual property. But these things are getting smarter and smarter. So now the new models, the DJI drones, all the new ones, when they fly further away from you, it calculates how much time and battery it needs to get back to you. Okay. So oh, cool. If it knows that it's going too far and the battery's coming, uh, running down, it, it warns you. Yeah. And if you don't bring it back, it actually says, I'm going to take control of myself. And it starts flying back and it'll come uh, and land back where it wow. took off from. So that you never have the case where it just drops out the sky. Yeah. Um, oh, I have enough battery to get home. Exactly, yeah. which is what it calls. It says go to home mode. Go to home. Yeah. But, but, but how complicated are these trains? Sorry, Brett. No, it's cool. I mean, it's almost like... More complicated you know, than us. Yeah, well, if, <laughs> if you go and buy a serious car, you should really go and have a, an advanced driving course, you know, if yeah. you're in one of these sporty, sporty cars. I mean, do you need to train guys on how do these drones work, or are they simple enough kind of plug and play, like a MacBook? It's tricky. Like Could Mike use it? We get some yeah. guys... Could Mike like, use it? Yeah. <laughs> we get some guys who, before they buy, like, the, the 20 grand or the 30 grand drone, they'll buy a 500 grand drone. And those things are rubbish. I mean, they, yeah. they're good for their career. Uh, uh, sorry, but, those guys, you're looking at him. Yeah. yeah. But you'll find that, that thing's really difficult to fly. Yeah. And yes, then you get, are. like, the, the Phantom and stuff, and you, you launch, there's a button to say launch. And then when, when it's launched, it doesn't move until you tell it to move because wow. it locks on GPS. Yeah. So even if the wind's okay. howling, it'll just fuck. It'll, like, stay in one spot. So flying these drones is actually so easy. It's like a remote control car on the ground. Now. Just you've yeah. got an extra dimension of up and down. It's okay. really, really easy. So we do offer courses like um, on Action Gear. You can reach out to us and oh, cool. we'll like do licensing courses or we'll do a starter course or even if you just want to come to office and we'll show you how it works. But it is really nothing that you should be worried about or be afraid of. It's you, you know really what? easy. You, you, you've just lined this up. We're taking this whole studio to your office and we're going yeah. to do a whole podcast. I think we should drones. definitely do something yeah. like that. We'll definitely uh, come around and do some all the drones. Are the drones going to come pick this up? Yeah. <laughs> nice. we, that. Sure, yeah. we just hook the, the, the cube and off we go. Yeah. Really? We'll do it right now. That's cool. Well, we, we've got these great yeah, shoes from... we wait first, Brett. We've got these, we've got these great <laughs> shoes from uh, Dr. Craig, uh, your man crush, Dr. Craig Nozzle. Oh, so we've got our new Craig. shoes. We can walk and talk, because that's our show, and we can, have a, we can be followed. We can be followed. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. let's do that. Oh, should we try that? Can we get followed from the front? You can. <laughs> yeah. Easy. I'm no Some of our better angles. So I've got a question. I've got a question. I mean, how much are you clued up on the regulatory side of things? Um, 100%. I, I read so that much about it with the, the, the aviation uh, uh, kind of regulations and what you can do or can't do. I'd love to give us a bit of a summary for the guys who are a little bit worried about that. Yeah, sure. No problem. So, you know, at Action Gear, we, this is what we live and breathe. So we know this stuff inside out and we love to give advice because, mm. you know, we don't want people flying by the airport. It's just not clever. Um, so the rules, the, the rules are actually quite uh, quite funny because if you're a hobbyist, so if you just want to go down to the coast and fly and like take pictures of your beach house or something, yeah. that's no problem. You don't need a license. As soon as you're using it for commercial gain, so you want to take photos of yeah. real estate or you want to survey your farm or anything like that, and you're charging a fee for your service, now you need to have a license. Um, so you can go through Action Gear. We can book um, a, you to get your remote pilot, pilot's license, which costs about about twenty grand. Sure. And it's a bit of a theory course and practical. And once you get that, you get a license. So the trick is that what a lot of people don't realize is that you're still actually not allowed to properly operate. Um, you still need to go one step further and get a remote operator certificate. It's an ROC. Sure. Okay. And you've got to apply with the CAA. And that's a, it's a long slip. But then, only then, uh, can you actually fly commercially. But you need to wow. 
Speed well, speed. It's a bit like a boat license. I've just been through it with my boats. Yeah, these guys are really hard. You've got to get your certificate, and it takes a year to do. So if it's you can crazy. imagine in aviation, it's much more um, serious yeah. because yeah. they've got their aircrafts, and like the CAA, all they're worried about is the passengers and the aircrafts that are in the sky. Yeah. Because if a helicopter goes down, not only does a pilot get injured or, or worse, yeah. but so do the so people on the, on the ground. ground. Yeah. So a boat, mm. you could crash into a rock, and that, that sucks. But yeah. in an airplane scenario, that's really, really it's strict. pretty and serious. A yeah. lot of people view the CAA as being really like too strict. But the fact is that the CAA are actually the South African CAA are actually the world leaders in this in this field. That's Everybody else looks to our, our CAA to say what well, is it's going to be. Well, if you think about the spaces these cameras are going, I mean these drones are going. Go to a concert. Everybody in the Golden Circle is now at risk of a of a drone coming down on them. No, and you don't want a drone hitting you in the head. No, that would ruin oh, no, that no, would ruin my concert. It wouldn't be good. No, I, I, I remember <laughs> kind of buzz. I remember reading uh, that on a per capita basis, South Africa has the second most airports or landing strips to America. Wow. I don't know so, about I mean, that, but there's a lot of them. And that's quite interesting, right? Well, yeah. you can see why our, our well, regulators are quite strict. Yeah, sure. And, and, and you know, just cutting edge, I guess. I'll tell you something interesting quickly is that um, the DJI drones um, know where every aerodrome and airport is. And okay. just to avoid somebody being a moron and flying by an airport, yeah. if you're within seven k's of an airport, your drone won't take off. Okay. Wow. Which is cool because then that, that at least saves kind of sucks if you live near there. Yeah, like me. Yeah. So I actually got a friend in the UK. He got into the drone business a couple of years ago, and uh, the business that he's in is trafficking the drones. Say again. Okay. So building oh, like cloud-based push, solutions pushing to be able to. Traffic. Air traffic so control. You have an air traffic control kind of environment. I'd love to know your view on that. So we're speaking to some technologies coming out of mm. the States and we're talking to the CIA about implementing it here. They're very interested because of the fact that uh, the biggest fear for the CIA is that something happens. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it would be like if nothing does happen, but yeah. the best way to do it would be to put a little chip in every single com- uh, consumer drone. So yeah. when it takes off, the other helicopters and everybody else knows that that's it. Um, mm. it Which it makes it appears as a blip yeah. on their radar and they can avoid it. But the technology that we're looking at bringing in is uh, going to not only put it on as a blip on the map, but it, the drones will also know where the other drones are, and they won't be allowed to go within five meters of each other. Okay. So if two guys have done. So know if you're doing a drone area, concert, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Intel or Intel that they like show. Well, that would have to be a different type of drone. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I take that a step further? And maybe it's beyond the conversation here, because there's serious issues of privacy. Because if I'm suntanning naked in my back garden and you As come you, over, which Mike does, yeah, often, I do it often. Right? Yeah, and yeah. somebody really has that kind yeah, of. Yeah, no, it's, but seriously, someone comes <laughs> over with a drone and starts taking pictures. It's, it's, it's a very kick. serious issue. Yeah, the, the zoom isn't very good though. Trust me. <laughs> no, I'm worried more about the psychological damage to the person getting the footage. What are you talking about? I think, I, think, I think we need to get back onto, onto a point, sir. We're talking about how technology is advancing technology. You guys are cray-cray to the notes. <laughs> that was beautiful. You'd have to get really close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The zoom lens. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got a, we've got a use case of uh, a DJI-inspired one going to Greenland in minus five degree average yeah. temperature. And the drone, like, not really operating to its fullest potential because the batteries don't have battery warmers on them. Now, these are things that wouldn't ordinarily be thought of until such time as this extreme device has gone to an extreme condition. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I don't ask questions. I just make statements, and then I would rely on the client to actually <laughs> yes, to do, say something. But, I mean, you must have heard about tons of use cases where te- if you had had a te- piece of technology, you'd be like, hey, you know what would be really useful now is to have that. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, these drones are getting pushed further and further in terms of the capabilities and what people want them to do. So every time there's a scenario where it can't do something, that's where the manufacturers are looking at at an opportunity and saying, let's do that. But like... 
the applications are really like mind blowing. In fact, yeah. the drone industry is being called the fourth industrial revolution or the fourth revolution. Um, not just for filming and, and camera, yeah, not just for deliveries and filming. But if you think oh, about um, too, right? search and rescue, farming, yeah. uh, assessing farming, like a lot of South African yes. farmers are, are adopting this technology yes. to use the drones to fly over their farms at irregular, uh, regular intervals. And it comes when it, when it lands. It gives a farmer so much information about the, the, the health of the crop and if there's water cooling and yeah. all these things. And if you look at farm security, these guys, a lot of farmers are reaching out to us to get thermal drones. So now yeah, they suspect cool. somebody's outside. They don't need to go out there. They just send the drone out and they can see if there's somebody hiding in, the, in the milli field yeah, or something like that. But there's, there's that startup. I, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's somewhere in Africa where they're using drones to, to deliver blood. blood. Oh, oh. Blood, is it blood? It's blood transfusion. It's, it's blood. blood. Yeah, but but you can't physically get to these locations. Doctors or it takes you an hour and a half, two days, yeah. even sometimes by truck. Drones, yeah. straight across. Easy. And if you think about a, like an emergency situation, if yeah. there's floodwaters and there's like a mother and a child stuck on a roof, give them some you can send them a bottle of water and send them a yeah, give them a life jacket. Yeah, and um, it's really incredible what these things are already doing. And if you if you fast forward five years, ten years. When you order a pizza, it's going to arrive by drone. It is, yeah, which is really cool. And then if you go a little bit further, like every like people are going to have their own like personal drones to get from here to Santon. Mm. Or you know, if you got mm. if you're traveling less than half an hour just because of battery life, you can just hop in your drone and fly. And I think Uber will even cross over that to that. At, at yeah. Uber drone, an Uber drone. I look forward that's to super that. cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Just, you guys would arrive on time. Says the guy who arrived 15 minutes late on his first podcast. I'd arrive on time. Ubiquitous technology. I'm able to do it wherever I am. It's cool. Excuse the buzz. But uh, thanks for joining us on the show. I mean, fortunately, uh, we, we're yeah. doing a 15-minute session with everybody today, and uh, not enough to get into. But we'd love to have you back on the show. Maybe talk about drones oh, and, and where it's all going. Sure. Uh, before you leave, what is the coolest thing at the moment for you at MediaTek? Yeah. Or, or I, at Action Gear. I just walked in the door, but uh, yeah. from here I'm going to to see what drones are available. Yeah. Um, you know, we just love what this technology is doing in, in all spheres of industry, yeah. and even if you look at at, at um, media in particular, yeah. like what it can do, the angles that it can help people get, and just in terms of content yeah. creation, which you guys asked in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. creating content from these angles and like with the gimbals that are on it and the quality of the cameras, it's just mind blowing, and how yeah. how that's advancing every single day, every month, every year, it's just getting so much better. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Um, we'll be in touch. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks cool. very much. Thank you. Fantastic, man. So, guys, that's MediaTek. We've had a number of guests in the show yes. at the moment. We get, we're coming to the really end of the show. I mean, my mind's racing, by the way. Is it? I'm kind of thinking, you know, those camera angles. Yeah. You're loading everything directly onto the cloud. Yeah. It's being auto-produced. It's then being fed into a VR environment with robotic cameras that could either be connected to robotic arms or flown through drones or... I mean, this is this world. It's going so, to be difficult to differentiate between the real I, I and the virtual. Right? I was just going to say the next te technology evolution is going to be the, the the technology that defines what's actually real. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, know? did you see? So in the news recently, uh, Elon Musk is waving the flag, saying yes, AI needs to be regulated. Guys, it's going to get away from us. Beware. So we need to have a chat around. I mean, we touched on regulation now about yeah. drones and stuff, but regulation around technology is so great that it's advancing so fast. But are we actually trying to, are we looking further enough ahead to see what the consequences of our actions are today? Yeah, it's a difficult one. And, yeah, so but it's, very it's difficult. definitely a discussion that I think yeah. we need to get into. Ex exponential regulation. But now AI. It's in, exactly in this, it's in this, exactly Yeah. It has, to, it has to keep up with the exponential increase of technology. But now we've got drones, these drone swarms. Plug in AI. Now you've got these robots uh, doing camera work. 
and a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, we're going to have this iRobot type, type thing. But, I mean, let's not get dystopian about it. Let's look at the utopian side of it. Uh, we've got to wrap up. I'm, I'm loving the fact. I can't wait to get out the studio yeah. so I can go run around MediaTek. Yeah, um, so it's, it's really cool to be here. If you haven't been to MediaTek, it's worth a visit. Pull into MediaTek. Check it out. Go check out the, this podcast. If you've only just tuned in now, this has been a great thing. We've had some great guests. Uh, check us out. I think um, I'm incredibly excited. R2, going to run around here, have fun. Um, Everybody, I'm going to say this for Brett. It's at Futurology Show. Please follow us and give us a five-star rating, Mike. Yeah, thank you. It's been a a fun podcast today, and it's been a fantastic show. And Brett, I'm so happy you're in your element. I'm in my element. And until next time, this has been the Futurology Show. Signing out. Cheers, guys. This is cliffcentral.com.